This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths. Enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. My hereditary condition has often humbled me, tested me, and provided me with the ultimate perspective to see my life's challenges in an entirely new way. I'm living on borrowed time, and I don't want to waste it. I have spiritually obligated myself to share my story and to inspire others to accomplish their dreams and to live life fully, as well as to continue employing thousands in remote jobs. The more I can make a meaningful impact in other people's lives— the more I can feel worthy of my second chances. The more I make my life count while I am alive, the less I worry about how long I live. My mindset has significantly improved my health over multiple extreme adversities. I really can't emphasize that point enough. Our mind has the power to heal us. When you can control your mind and develop a strong mindset, you can reinvent yourself, you can change, and you can accomplish one dream after another and improve your odds in overcoming tough times, Chris. Valeria interviews Chris Jankovlovsky. He is the author of Near-Death Lessons, A Dream, A Terminal Illness, An Extraordinary Life Gained from Eight Near-Death Experiences. Chris Jankovlovsky is the founder and CEO of Remote Staff, a recruiting company specializing in remote working placements. Remarkably, he was able to build and grow this thriving business while battling cancer, failing kidneys, and several brain operations. Throughout these challenges and more, Chris was able to find a way to transform his life from one of fear, struggle, and self-doubt to one of empowerment, success, health, and happiness. Meet Chris at neardeathlessons.com. Here's the interview with Chris Jankovlovsky. In your own words, who is Chris Jankulovsky? <laughs> I don't. Um, Chris Jankulovsky is a person from Sydney, Australia, <laughs> who has a loving family, two sons, runs a successful uh, recruitment company that employs thousands, and is a highly driven individual who is uh, spiritually excessively sensitive and he's frustrated with all the excessive gratitude he lives with every day, and he's often overwhelmed with. But uh, I'm a man that's on a mission to serve, contribute, and make my life matter and count as much as I can because of all the second chances I've had in this life. I'm constantly striving to be worthy of them. That's who I am. 
What is not to love about that? <laughs> and with that in mind, how did you, going straight to the that question that I wanted to ask you, I started the conversation actually off record, <laughs> purpose. <laughs> like, it mm. sounds like you are on a mission. This is a purpose, this intentional mm. work. How did you get to do what you're doing today? How did you become who you are today? That's really the question. Look, adversity. Ad my adversities have shaped who I am uh, right through. Uh, at the age of 19, I was diagnosed with a rare hereditary condition. The doctor was there telling me, Chris, uh, I was 19, Chris, you, you have this condition. The life expectancy at the time was, uh, is 30 years old. You, you know, you're probably not going to have a long life. Uh, it's going to grow cysts and tumors in all your major organs. You maybe even have cancers in your body right now. That's how he told me. He didn't leave me with any information. He just gave it to me, and then I was like, like what? What? Do you, how do you know? What, what, what? I just, I just ran to my car, cried for two weeks. I, I, that moment, the rug was removed from my feet, and I gave up all sense of hope and uh, belief in any future. I thought, what's the point in having a future? I'm dead anyway. And so I gave up on life. Then I ran. I started running away from my life's problems, from my diagnosis, from everything. It was ridiculous, but that's how it all started for me. What causes suffering? Why do we suffer? Look, I mean, suffering is really uh, how we, if this is a frustrating scenario because I've suffered so much, right? First, suffering, first and foremost, this is what's most annoying. Suffering is a choice we make. Oh my God, that's so annoying. It's all about how we perceive the damn thing. If we perceive the scenario that's happened to us in a certain way, how we perceive the problem is the problem mm. that's causing the suffering. It's right. annoying. Right, right. <sighs> you know, and, and what's fascinating with that is, like, uh, for example, I had lots of laser eye treatments on my right eye. And therefore, my weaker, uh, my, 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 my lid, my eyelid at the bottom got weaker. And, and my eye looks a little bit bigger. This has caused so much anxiety when, my, when I was in my early 20s and caused all this suffering and stuff. And yes, there was a little bit of pain from the surgeries and laser treatments and stuff. But that pain, pain is fleeting. It comes and goes. Mm, but right. the suffering is right. self-inflicted. We drag it on. We relive it. We we replay it over and over in our emotions, in our head, in our thoughts. We are always focusing energy and time. And our energy and time is scarce. It's limited. And so we put so much energy in that. And that is all suffering that we make choices with. And it's all after, – after a while when we manage the fact that it's all how we perceive the thing and we have a choice to make that change and then choose to always – not engage in the old perceptions of things, but shift our focus to the new perceptions of how we might interpret our suffering or our, what's happened to us, we can then therefore move on. So, yeah, suffering is, um, if you're suffering, just recognize whether you're aware or not, it's uh, fundamentally, it's a choice. You have written a book titled Near Death Lessons, A Dream, A Terminal Illness, An Extraordinary Life Gained from Eight near-death experiences. Gosh, that's, not a, that's many. Not a record you want to keep. Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry for you going through this. And when yeah. I and when I read, All it was good. like, uh, yeah. do you believe that we somehow choose to go through 
this pain and suffering here throughout the human experience to learn lessons? Or do you believe in something else? Oh, look, uh, first we all get a car. We, life, life happens, yeah? Life right. is given to all of us. Right. And what a blessing it is. Suffering, pain, wellness, uh, euphoria, energy at the end of the day. That's all energy. So when we have this beautiful life of ours, I mean, whatever these adversities are with me that are happening, I'm not blaming God or anyone to go out there. It's not fair. Why me? I now am on a drug. I'm paying $27,900 a month to be alive. Every month. Why am I paying this? Because I want to be alive. I want to be here. I want to make my life matter and count. And I want more time on this earth to make that matter and, and, and that work uh, transpire into reality. All the suffering and all the adversities I've gone through in my life, and I've gone through many, more than most, I don't judge them. No one judges. God doesn't judge the earth, the world. No one judges it. No one cares. Why should I care? Why should I make them something God knows what? They're nothing. They're, they are experiences like any other experience. I'm actually grateful for my adversities because it's my adversities that have shaped me the most. It's my adversities that have helped me form and, and, and helped me allow to live a purposeful life, a meaningful life. It's my adversities that has not helped, that has helped me not settle to mediocrity, not settle to like just letting time pass. I am very conscious and aware of days. Here we are. 2023, a new year's just begun. Are we going to allow 2023 to pass like any other year? Are we just, or are we going to do something different this year? Are we going to change? Are we going to change the way we think, the way we view the world, the way our brain patterns over and over behave? Are our brain patterns our life? No, they are not. Are our behaviors our life? No, they are not. Are the things that happen to us our life? No, they are not. We are so much more than this. And so I, I, I hope and pray for 2023 for everyone to shift their focus to what's in their control, to understand what drives them energy, to feed that, to understand that more, and to go out there and make micro, 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 micro little steps in the right direction because don't underestimate how far you can get to at the end of the year by making micro, micro steps. Is this something that becomes, from that mind shift, it becomes a practice, Chris, or it kind of shapes our thinking forever after that shift it's uh, made? Look, at, uh, after a brain operation in 2016 that left half my body not working and uh, I had to relearn how to walk and talk, it took me eight months to do that. Um, at this, I had the brain operation one month before the birth of my second son, Billy. And when I was learning to walk and talk, I got to see my son who was born learning to walk and talk as well. In his case, he was learning to move his body. I got to see neurological transformations in my son at the same time in my body. They were happening at the same time. My progress in my left side of my body, in, in our, my ability to type and move my hand and so forth, has my son has overtaken me at three years old. <laughs> I'm still stuck. I'm probably stuck at around four years in movement. He's he's already over he's six years old now, so he's moving better than than my left side of my body. My right side, I'm 49, it's it's more moving like a normal 49 year old. So 
what I'm trying to say here is that the use of our brain, the use of something we use in our mind over and over forms patterns. Our brains are lazy. They, it wants to preserve energy. It has limited time and energy, everyday limited attention. So please shift away from the past. Shift away from what's happened to what, what, what you want to achieve this year. Because the more you waste energy in the past, the more you limited energy. It's not, it's not unlimited. You don't have unlimited energy. You need to sleep every day. You have a certain amount of focus every day. So you need to optimize that attention resource that you have towards your desires, towards your energy. And, um, uh, you know, your brain patterns will slowly form more new patterns over time because you're putting more invested energy and mental energy towards those thoughts. Don't mm. underestimate the power in that. So in your book, you mentioned um, how you discover. That's actually a question that you raise. How do yeah. you discover your purpose? As a question. Mm. And then I love the first step, if there is a step to it, you say, let's start with the end in mind. So basically mm. starting with the end. I love that. Mm. That's very philosophical, very deep. To me, it's, it's just um, a way of living, always thinking about the yeah. end. What if I would die today? What, you know, would I do the same things? I would still interview you <laughs> today <laughs> if I died at the end of the day. But what else would I do, you know? Because this is what I love doing, just talking about deep mm. things, conversations that it just feeds my heart. So talk to me about the other steps. I have them in front of me here, Chris. Yeah, um, so sure. a bit more about that end. How do we wrap our minds around that? So, 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 so first, before we talk about purpose, let's, let's just bring something very important to the table. That is self-empowerment. Many of us are running away from life's problems. Because when I was diagnosed and I ran away from my life's problems, it, it, I was living a disempowered life and I I was living a victim life and I didn't even know it for 13 years. I was blind. If, so, so if the audience, if anyone listening here, if you are often doubtful, if you're often running away from life's challenges, if you're putting passive effort because you want to be safe at whatever you do, if you're often starting something and you're finishing something, if you're often focused on problems, maybe blaming other people, Recognize those are the symptoms of a victim mindset. You cannot find a purpose in that state. You need a shift to being a self-empowered individual. First and foremost, a self-empowered individual is a choice. To be inspired by your desires, to believe in yourself, to be creative and productive, to focus on solutions, to be responsible for your own life. First is this step. When you get to be a self-empowered individual and you recognize that you were a victim, fine, you can move on. Because when you're in a victim state, often doubtful, you'll never find your purpose. Purpose requires long-term commitment as well. How, if you want to achieve something amazing in this lifetime, well, you think it's going to take one or two years, 10 years? What if I told you it takes 20 plus years to make a true impact? So when are you going to start your purpose? When are you going to get on with something really incredible? That's why I say start with the end in mind. Because when you start with the end in mind, from a perspective of self-empowerment, you will recognize one thing first. If you're going to start with the end in mind, you're going to recognize that your secret desires, your dreams, 
are no good to anyone alive when you're dead and six foot under in the bloody grave. <laughs> right? Because you're not there to contribute. You can't shake. You can't move your body. You can't actively fire your brains. You can't use your voice. You can't use your language, your, your, your energy to make a transformation on your time that you've got here. So recognize that no purpose is achieved toward the end of your life to when you've got no more energy, when you've got no more focus. I mean, some people are lucky they do. Most of us don't. So, um, so, so, so now if we're all going and we all recognize that we're all going to pass, right? And we've all got these deep dreams in us, deep desires, true desires to be what we want to be. Then why are we settling for the status quo? Why are we settling for people's opinions and judgments of us? That's their business. They're not living in us. That are, that's not their life. It's our life. Our opinions of ourselves is more important than other people's opinions. So why settle for that? Why not embrace your dreams? Why not embrace truly our desires of what we want to do in our lives? Mm. It's shocking when we believe in ourselves, how powerful we are. Talk to me for a moment about the balance between connecting, I know, meaningfully and deeply connecting with others, but at the same time, in respecting their opinions about us, and at the same time, holding the value that we have for ourselves. How do we manage to do that? Sometimes it has been a challenge for me. Okay, so I can let you know. Uh, so, so now, other people when you talk to and have a really awesome, meaningful conversation with, right? Just know that that other person that you're talking to has judgments. It's automatic. Humans make judgments. They're going to make a judgment on you. So what? Accept that that's their opinion, that's their judgment. That's fine. You also have a judgment of that. And therefore, you have a choice whether you want to accept that judgment of somebody else that they may have made on you or whether you will interpret it as, okay, you have made a judgment. Thank you very much. Right. So it is a choice. That's yeah. it. <laughs> you don't have to take it on board. <laughs> it's a choice. It's our choice. We don't have to. When people make whatever accusations or whatever claims or we're looking for connection, we want connection. But in return, there's some manipulation going on or there's some uh, something happening uh, that doesn't serve, that doesn't that doesn't bring love to the table or healing energy or or wellness in the in the, in that engagement. It's fine. If you, Mr. Person on the other side, uh, <clears throat> are interpreting scenarios a certain way and you have this worldview and you have this interpretation, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know that I don't have that opinion. And, and, you know, maybe I might say that, look, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that you have that kind of conclusion that you, that you have that thought pattern in you, uh, or that outlook. But I, um, I, uh, I'm going to move on from this topic now and I'm going to focus on let's, 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 can we talk about this? Or you know what? Our time is over. There's no point trying to invest your most important resource in your world, in this life, your time with somebody that doesn't heal, doesn't understand, isn't open to listen, receive and give. It's an exchange. It's a beautiful exchange. There are billions of people in this earth. How, how rare is it that one we get a chance to connect with somebody? And if we get a chance to connect, it's all by trust first and foremost. It's it's all by 
the fact that there is this exchange and and not every exchange is fruitful, not every exchange is a blossoming exchange, uh, and that's okay. Just allow that it's uh, I, you know, I just look at people. It's fascinating when you when you're so resilient like I am. Doesn't matter how much adversity happens around me, I don't respond. <laughs> That's a problem. I just don't respond. Uh, you know, the systems are falling apart in the business. This, that, that. And I'm like, going, okay. So what are we doing about it? <laughs> Everyone's panic. Everyone's panicking around me, but I'm not responding. Why am I? Why am I not responding? Because I've died almost so many times. Mm. These are nothing compared to not being around me. I'm here. Mm. I can do something about it. What are you complaining about? Mm. We're here. Wow. Yeah, right. Perspective. Wow. That makes you think, right? It reflects in the moment. <laughs> so true, Chris. So you've been there and you know you got, in a way, nothing to lose, but you're very wise. So you uh, you transformed that into wisdom. So that's what it is. To me, that's what wisdom really is. It's not about reacting, mm. but responding. We can't control what's what happens to us, all this. We know that. <laughs> but we insi- yes. some of us insist in just reacting to everything that happens. It <laughs> seems like your experience has established that truth of just being mm-hmm. at peace and doing what you can, focus on what can be done. That is a powerful lesson, (laughs) if we can learn that fast enough. So do you think it's possible for us to, I mean, for most of us, or perhaps all of us, to learn that lesson without going through what you went through? Yes, it's it's, it's knowledge, isn't it? It's perspective, it's information. This information did not, a lot of my learnings, a lot of my distinctions from my adversities, from my many near-death experiences, and we know how much one near-death experience can shape somebody. Yeah. So yeah. my experiences have shaped me so much, and, and they often take many months later. Often I have to go through a process of and, – and it's often the hardest process – is to first accept the reality I am in. And, and that takes months. Like it took me two months and a half after my first, uh, second brain operation to accept that it can't be changed. It's happened. It's done. I'm in this situation. The, the next thing was fascinating. And this is what I recommend for everyone to do is to accept that reality. <clears throat> it's the hardest step. I want you to accept it. It doesn't matter whether you're responsible or not. It doesn't matter whether it was in your control or not. I had a doctor operate on my on my brain to remove two tumors. One of the tumors burst. It left me with all that adversities. Now, I didn't do the operation, but why am I accepting responsibility for it? There is a reason. It's a very important reason. I've talked about it before. That is because I choose life. I choose to be self-empowered. And I cannot be self-empowered, and I cannot live a self-empowered life if I do not take responsibility for the outcomes in my life. Whether they're the outcomes that happen to me by choice or un- or non-choice, so I choose to accept those outcomes. So that choice, making that choice, you do speak of the four powerful steps to help you build resilience. That was under that, which mm. where you mentioned uh, accept your reality. That was one. Number two, mm. take time out, stop everything for a while. Step three, shift your focus toward what you can do. And then four, actively maintain hope. Yeah. And hope has so much energy. We all underestimate. Hope is an incredibly, incredibly uh, powerful gift. Uh, and it's a choice because no one knows the future. 
So why 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 putting so much energy to a future that disempowering that um, that it's a future that is full of doubts and insecurities? Why not dare hope that the best is yet to come? Why not dare dream? Because there's so much energy in that hope. If you can actively maintain hope, regardless of the outcome, you will appreciate life and your existence and your adversities and your experiences in this world so much more. It's amazingly enriching. You'll have so much gratitude in your life. You'll be complaining the other way. You will say, I'm always grateful. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I start being grateful for a moment? Yeah. Um, yes. That's right. It's, it's ridiculous. I really mean it. I mean, uh, every day you get so much energy and drive and gratitude. That's what happens when you actively maintain hope. Yeah, that's a, an interesting word that for some reason I stopped using it. And I actually, mm. I replaced it with trust for some reason. Mm. I used faith, <laughs> I used hope, and mm. then I gave mm. up those two and I replaced with trust. For some reason, it resonates I like you, more. I, 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 I like you to replace it with another word, if you don't mind. Can you please replace it with miracles? Ah, so, that's another so powerful please, one. So yeah. Please, please yeah. add this little formula. Call it the... The miracle salad. Hope, maintain hope, maintain faith, maintain gratitude, add some work to that equation, like do something about it all, equals miracles. So it starts with the, in the heart, isn't it? When I think about yeah. hope, faith, trust, it's those energies that dwells mm. in, in the heart. That's what it comes to me over and over again. I do what I do today for that reason. I remember when I was very young, I loved deep conversations, anything that was that I could engage in and talk about it. Mm. That was very, yeah, I was very young when I started with that. It was in my heart, something that I loved to do. So, and I maintained that hope, as you say, and then mm. it was a faith in life. And then now it's trust. I do love the word miracle. <laughs> don't use the word miracle because I think life is a miracle. Like being here now, it's already the miracle. Everything is a miracle it, around me. It, it is, but that's what I said. That's why I love so much. If you put hope, faith, gratitude, plus some work, miracles happen. I, I've had miracles happen to me heaps of times. Heaps of times. And and when, when I make bargains and, and make a pledge, uh, when I bargain for my life and with doctors, and then I put in the work, you know, I, I, I put in the hope. I, put, I had the faith. I mean, I'm in a state of gratitude. I heal. Our brains, spiritually, and our, our minds have the power to heal us. And <clears throat> I'm not talking about healing that that happens just in the mind. I'm talking healing that happens physically as well. So my, after my second, I'm oh, sorry. After my after my second kidney operation, I had six cancers removed in 2000 in October 2017, and after the operation, five days after the operation, I'm in the ICU ward. The doctor came in to me and said, Chris, I told you we had an eight-day window to receive 90% of your healing. I was expecting your creatinine levels to be, uh, which is the filtration of the blood, uh, to be around 350. But you're, you're at high 400. You're at 495. And you're only healing at 4% a day. You should be healing much more faster. I'm sorry, Chris, things are not looking good for you. I said, Doc, I recognize what I need to do. Mate, <laughs> Australian, I can't help myself. Mate, <laughs> mate, give me 10 more years of kidney life and I'll inspire millions. And he's like, Chris, uh, look, scientifically, things are looking very good. Okay, okay, look, I get it, Doc. 
I know you're the scientist, you're the doctor, you're the mathematician, dude. So scientifically, what is the best result for me? And obviously, the lower the result, if you have two healthy kidneys, the lower your creatinine, the healthier you are. Say 100 is a healthy number. 600 is a dead kidney. So I said to him, so doc, what's scientifically, what's the best result? And he goes, well, Chris, the best result for you, scientifically, 300 creatinine. Based on your current situation, based on where you are, you're already on day five, you know, I think that'll be an amazing result for you. Well, okay, Doc, you focus on science, I'll focus on miracles. How's 200 and below? He goes, yeah, that'll be great. Okay, will I get 10 years? He goes, ah, if you look after yourself, maybe. I go, no, no, Doc, I need 10 years. He goes, okay, if you look after yourself, you get to a certain, you know, tell me seven things, you get to 10, 10 years. I go, done. You give me 10 years, I'll inspire millions. I was already writing the book at the time. So I, I started writing my story because I wanted my two young sons to know who their father was. But it was after that brain operation and bargaining for my life that I decided to take my story publicly. And the moment I made that pledge and the moment I shook my hands on it and bargained, that following day, I started healing at 15% physically every day. And today, I'm at 125 creatinine, not far off somebody with two healthy kidneys. And I'm on a healthy kidney. Now, that's that's called hope, faith, gratitude, and work equals mm. a mirror. That's where that's how it comes together. When you talk about values, you said understand your values, they don't change. Mm, they don't change. What has been or what have been your values. How many values do you have and are, are they still here with you present today? Yeah. It, 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 you know, I spent six years writing the book and um, what's fascinating with writing the book was, um, you know, it, it's like anyone who's gone through writing a book, you know, it, it, it's a journey and, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating how much you, you, you get to understand how the certain things that happen in your life connect and all this kind of stuff. And so one of the days while we're writing the book, I somehow stumbled across my values that I, that I, that I produced um, when I was like, like 25, 20, 23, 25 years ago somewhere. <laughs> like, like, like a long, a long time ago. And um, now I, 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 I don't have them on hand, uh, but there were four kind of, there were intrinsic values, extrinsic values. There were, there were, there were certain, I created these values where I went through this value process. There's so many great books out there on how do you, how do you unearth your values and, um, and discover your values because when you really discover them, they really don't change. And so I was shocked that, that when I was writing the book and me and my assistant writer were looking at my values, we were going like, Oh my God, like, you know, here we are. We went through them other than maybe one or two. Most of them were the same. They did not change. They're, they're exactly the same. A matter of fact, what I wrote 20, 25 years ago plus is exactly the life I'm living today. It's, it's, I'm living my life based on the values I have. And what were they, Chris? So some of the values I have, such as now, which only I, I'm getting to do at the age of 49 onwards, is one of my values was to inspire. I've always wanted to inspire, but now, I have a story to, to, to use. Now I have lessons that I've gone through. And, and there's never, a, there, no one writes a book about adversity. You write a book about getting up from adversities and flourishing after such adversities. And so 
So because I've gone through that journey and now I am this wealthy man, I am a successful business entrepreneur that I wanted to be. I am all these things that I've always wanted to be. I am now sharing the stories. And so that was one of the lessons. The other lessons, um, you know, I, I enjoyed creating, for example, and I love that. So I, 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 I love creativity. I apply my creativity in, in this work, in sharing the story in the book, in my businesses, in, in many things. So I have a lot of artwork around me. I, you know, so I, it's expressed in so many different ways. Our values are expressed and they don't change. So it's a big, it's, it's a worthwhile investment for us to really deeply understand our values because you will feel it every time you know this is my value. If you're still confused when you're going through your value understanding process, if you don't, if you're not, if you don't have clarity, if, you, if it didn't help you make better sense of who you are, if it didn't help you understand who you are, then you know, you, you haven't found the right tool or you haven't quite found the right value yet, uh, still continue. It's worth the pursuit. Remember, there are so much tools out there today. Thanks to science and data, there's so much knowledge out there in understanding our behavioral patterns, our characteristics, our tendencies, our values. There's tools out there to help us these days. Invest in those tools. Learn about who you are first. Mm. It's incredibly powerful. Yeah, that's another beautiful advice that we need to be reminded. Always go back to the, I always say the heart, like what was really close to your heart when you were a child. And then um, for me, always this comes to speaking, talking to others in a, with deep subjects, choosing deep subjects to discuss. That means uh, wanting to connect meaningfully with people. That was my whole thing. I wanted to be connected in a deep, meaningful way with others, not just connecting, but I, I wanted to go deeper. And spirituality, of course, is my... Is are you are you in love? Yes, of course. Yeah. Awesome. I did so many things in my life that I was not really interested in mm. because of the money, because mm. I had chosen that position. And then it's almost like I had made a commitment to it. And then it's really kind of not easy to let everything go overnight and then change and, and choose something else. But isn't it funny that we get like uh, almost like uh, committed to the things that we don't want to do? <laughs> because 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 it's so easy to not listen to our heart. It's so yeah. easy to ignore that. It's so easy to get confused by our thinking and thinking that our thinking is truth for some reason all the time. It's not always truth. It's a perception of our reality. That's all it is. Uh, but love is an energy, and love is what's most healing, most inspiring, most transformative in all our lives. As a matter of fact, towards the end of our lives, the only thing that mattered to us is all those who we loved and all that that we did that we loved. The love that we share and contribute is all that remains. You know, I never thought it that way um, about connecting with people meaningfully that that meant love. Huh. You made me think that way now. <laughs> that's a kind of love, right? Hmm. That's interesting, Chris. Why not? Yeah. You're yeah. talking about the heart. So why yes. not open it up? At the moment you open it up, love pours all the time. It's what the heart does. Yes, so true. So true. You know, I love that. I have to use the same word. Uh, of course. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Thank you for saying that. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. Of course. In your book, you say, the world's full of problems. The big question is, which one matters enough for you to do something about it? 
That caught my attention too, that phrase, mm. because it is so true. So it's a matter of focus, right? Because problems we'll find everywhere if we look close enough. And then I love the way you talk about resilience, the, one of the main topics, the power of the mind, shifting the mind, focusing the mind. There's uh, something that you, you talk about in the book, you say, our mind has the power to heal us. When you can mm. control your mind and develop a strong mindset, you can reinvent yourself, you can change, and you can accomplish one dream after another and improve your odds in overcoming tough times. Mm. Beautifully and clearly stated that mind has the power to heal. And look, I wanted to mention that my story is about stories. So, so many of these, so I talk about life lessons in there. I have five life lessons that I talk about. Live up to your full potential. Live like it's your last year alive. Achieve deep satisfaction and fulfillment. Flourish through adversity and form new thinking patterns. Those are life lessons I share about. But my story is a story. You get to see an individual who is a person who was before the adversity, who went through an adversity, who transformed after the adversity, and then you get to see the results of that adversity. And there's very few people and very few stories where you get to see an individual go through that on a linear way through time over and over and over. Because many people who write stories like this are famous athletes or actors or famous people. But they talk about one such experience. I go through many. (laughs) Right. That makes us almost question ourselves in a sense of how come he did it many, many times and how come we sometimes get lost or confused with a, a very small challenge in comparison. Mm. If we, if we, Although I don't like to compare because we are all very different and some people are more That's sensitive right. than others. For others, it might be something else. It might be, I don't know, even losing somebody they love. That might change yeah, everything for it, them. That, 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 that does happen. And, and, and it happens faster than we all realize. And when it does happen, it's always a surprise, isn't it? <gasps> Why is it such a surprise? <laughs> when it's a body's a system, I mean, when it when it when it, when it stops working, you're out, you're gone. That's it. You ain't returning. Um, and so my stories are there. My stories are simple. It's it's there to transform. It's there for people to learn. Most people will learn from from the stories and those experiences. I take them on a journey. I've spent six years crafting this story so that people can really discern how I bounce back after every one of my adversities over and over. And that therefore they can utilize these insights, these perspectives, these knowledge to apply in their own life. I do urge people to not just be entertained by my story, but by actually studying it, observing it, as you would as you did, underline, look, reflect on some of these things. Because I've lost millions of dollars in some of those lessons I share. I've also died, almost died so many times to gain the distinctions because our mortality at the end of the day provides us with the ultimate perspective. And I've had the privilege to be to be blessed by so much adversity. <laughs> I call it a blessing. And survive from such adversity and as a result flourish in my life as a result of my adversities because I chose to carry on. I've chosen to bounce. 
Isn't it wonderful to kind of see this experience this way, this reality that will end one day? So what would I do now if I know that this would just end, disappear uh, by the end of the day? I had forgotten actually to do this exercise. I, that's something that I live by, <laughs> the, this practice, <laughs> sure. because I'm already doing what I would do. You know, I try not to be overly ambitious in a sense of, you know, I found peace now and I love, mm. I like a simple life. <laughs> I like simple right. things. So I guess I'm also like dancing, trying to balance, you know, being calm and peaceful and happy and grateful with what I have instead of always trying to get more and be more and do more. Mm. So mm. that's another interesting, let's say, experience to have, isn't it? Like that middle, try to find the the middle way. So I want to ask you this question. Who, what, and where is God to you? Mm. Ah, it, 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 God's everywhere. I mean, after all my I need different experiences <laughs> that I Oh my God, I, I, I can't help but be noticing the miracleness and the God presence of things everywhere. But the, most of the time, for me, God is in people. I see it everywhere. I see people. Are, every time I talk to people, I'm communicating with people, I'm engaging with people, I look at people, kids, adults, old, young. I just look at this remarkableness of it. This existence is, a, 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 I mean, when you look at nature, the vastness of nature and how slow and things move in time and how many billions of years have passed and nature is this living organism as well. There's this energy and anywhere you see energy, I feel the presence of God. What a fascinating answer about seeing that in people. <laughs> I see it everywhere, but uh, it makes sense when you say that you're seeing people specifically because they are reflecting mm. They are a reflection of God. They are. And many and many of us, when we see other people, we just judge them as well because that's our brain. What we do, we just judge them. And that's fine. I mean, we are going to judge them anyway. Don't worry. You're going to judge. <laughs> uh, but when you judge for a second, and then uh, remember, because I'm always often in a state of gratitude, you can't help but also be grateful for who they are and appreciate the, the miracleness of their existence, of the fact that they're right here in front of you. I don't take that for granted. Wow, I love that. Yes. If we can live more this way, yeah, we can shift the brain uh, in that moment, right? To see, to be grateful instead of judgmental, then ah, this will be a different reality. It would change everything. In love would be everywhere. <laughs> yes. That, yeah, that's the, if there is a goal, I would say for this experience would be that, right? You mentioned earlier, it's to love, right? Kindness and love. So thank you so much again, Chris, for your presence, yeah, you. for the wisdom you share, for the book that you have written, being through all the experiences you have been through and being grateful for them. That's, uh, that's incredible to hear. And I have heard many times people say that. So that's mm. really remarkable how powerful it is that the presence of God, as you call it. I usually mm. use different words, the divine, infinite consciousness. I have different words, but of course, God, energy, it's yeah. one. Yeah, energy, but it's, it's, it's God, the same. Yeah, yeah same it's thing. Same thing. We all, we all have these different meanings and it's, a, and it's a super fascinating energy and the intelligence out there. It's a healing as well. It's, it's, it's a remarkable all the time. But look, I mean, for those, my book's going to be available on January uh, 16th. Uh, so just around the corner, uh, you can visit either justkeepgoing.com to access uh, my waitlist there, 
or go to Amazon on January 16th and, and uh, look for the book Near Death Lessons to find it there or go to neardeathlessons.com. Uh, the website will also allow you to sign up and possibly purchase the book from there. So it will be available everywhere soon. And uh, I'm excited. I've got so much energy for this work. It's such an important work because, you know what? I don't think none of us deserve to be forgotten. I don't think none of us deserve to come in this world and be gone like as if we've never existed. And my story matters. And it matters because it's going to inspire others. It's going to inspire you to into action, into hope, into optimism, and to start believing in your future. And I believe that's powerful if I can help many people shift from a victim mindset if they happen to be in that mindset. It's a, it's, it's a lot of goodies there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, there's a lot of wisdom. Thank you so much again, Chris, for putting oh, yourself you, out man. there and sharing everything that you, I mean, your life, you're just sharing you, giving you to us. <laughs> That's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have the links, um, the book link, and I'll have the website link on your podcast profile when the interview is live. Awesome. And last question is, what is another word for freedom? Mm. Well, peace of mind is definitely where freedom happened to me for the first time because I lived for 14 years with anxiety about my mortality. Every time I'm getting challenged with my mortality, get these yearly scans, get these, oh, Chris, you got tumors here, there. I'm always challenged. But then when I was in India and I went to an ashram, I meditated for three weeks, five hours to seven hours a day. I couldn't believe it that just by doing nothing and meditating, not engaging in my thoughts, observing my thoughts for that many, for that much time i touched my essence twice for microseconds and i couldn't believe that experience gave me inner peace and once i received inner peace that was the time when i truly started living and so if you want freedom it's about inner peace and freedom with incredible amount of energy incredible amount of drive right. incredible amount of achievements and contributions and everything else right And in a peace at the same time. Well, hey, there's your freedom right there. <laughs> yes, very much. Wow, you describe it really beautifully. Thank you for sharing that too. I'm, I'm glad I asked the question in the end. <laughs> You're welcome, uh, of thank you so much again, Chris, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, my dear. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Chris Jankovlovsky and his work, please visit neardeathlessons.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.